Hey guys, it's Jazz here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. Today we are going to be diving into 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and chapter 14. I know in my last message I said I was going to finish off 1 Corinthians, but after pre-reading it, I decided that I'm going to split this over uh, two messages, just that way you have two smaller clips to listen to versus listening to one large one that I am doing. As usual, I will conclude the episode off with a fact that I have learned. But for now, let's dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy going or clanging symbol. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I could understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking is unknown languages, and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But when we see everything with perfect clarity, all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophecy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish I could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all all prophesy. For for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interrupts what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching that will be helpful, even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't, the bugler, and if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. 
There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in spirit, and I will only also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be given thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people you hear who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures. I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So, you see the speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, not for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if one, but if no one is present, who can interpret? They must all be silent in your church, meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have to turn to speak one after another so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember, that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Or, do you think God's word originated with you, Corinthians? Are you the only ones whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I'm saying is a command from the Lord himself. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So, my dear brothers and sisters, 
be eager to prophesy, and don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order. And that is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14. I think this actually just applies to our everyday world as well, is not just our Christian world and our holy world. Because if you are trying to teach someone something, you want to try to keep it simple so they actually understand you. Um, One thing I found is growing up, I grew up in a heritage town and that heritage town was Fort Steele. And with that is I met people from all around the world. And a lot of them, English was their first language um, and somewhere it was their second. So for these people of second languages, I had to learn how to keep my everyday conversation simple, simple and plain that people could actually understand what I was trying to say. And I think that's just as important when it comes to our Christian faith is not everyone understands the Christian faith and everyone is still seeking a relationship with God for us who are who do consider ourselves Christians. And one thing for me is one reason that I became so strong in my faith is because I had those people in my life that kept it simple for me and described it in a way that I would understand versus throwing all these big terms or just kind of being like, hey, here's parts of the Bible. Here's like what God's done. And here's the Bible that breaks down to show what God's truly capable of. So if you're kind of on the edge with your faith and you feel like it's overwhelming become a Christian, the best thing I've ever was taught was by my sweetheart, one of my sweetheart coordinators, which is a program I did growing up in Cranbrook. It's a youth um, development program. And I was told when you have big scary things thrown at you of the saying to remember is, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer was one bite at a time is there's no way that you can fully understand the Christian faith all at once. And even people who grew up in the faith um, don't know everything. And that's what I love about this, uh, about being a Christian is there's always something to learn and understanding that everyone has, as in previous chapters had mentioned, is that uh, God gave all of us our different strengths. And these strengths are what can help grow God's kingdom. So It's important for you to find out what your strength is and bring it to non-believers and believers of the church to grow God's kingdom greater and build it, give it a big, a greater strength within our uh, earthly world here. But that concludes today's episode. I will uh, finish off 1 Corinthians tomorrow as I read chapters 15 and 16. But for now, the fact of the day that I wanted to conclude with was actually about eyes. And the thing about eyes is, one thing is, I don't know how well you can tell on these videos, but I have like a hazily greeny brown eye. And that's because my mom has a bluey green eye and my dad has brown eyes. And so I got this cool combination of both when you actually look into my eyes. And one thing about eyes is the rarest color of eyes is actually the color green. Only about 2% of people have true green eyes in this world. And of those 2%, most of them happen to be women. I don't know. I didn't look too much into it. But I question if there's something in our DNA or our structure um, of why we women tend to have more green eyes than men. But for now, that concludes today's episode. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And... Uh, tune in tomorrow for the next readings of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 16. Have a good day, everyone.